Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketchpad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 242. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. And for you first-time listeners, we're glad you found our podcast and we hope you enjoy it. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, LG's wallpaper OLED TVs arrive in Australia. Epson and Hisense launch new products at the Australian Grand Prix. And laptops and tablets could be banned from some flights. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the HTC U Ultra smartphone. We're going to also check out the latest Garmin dash cams and the Square tap and go payment devices. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you, so let's get cracking. Well, LG really wowed the tech industry back in January at the Consumer Electronics Show when it unveiled its signature wallpaper OLED television. Now, it gets its name, uh, it's called the Wallpaper TV because that's how you mount it on your wall, ladies and gentlemen. It's a 2.57 millimetre thick, that's M for millimetre, 2.57 millimetre screen. And to attach it to your wall, there is a magnetic bracket, and then the screen itself sticks to that bracket. That's how light uh, and thin it is. And even inside that magnetic bracket on your wall, it extends a mere four millimeters. So you can understand how impressed we were when we saw it, and anyone else who's laid eyes on this TV uh, also fell in love with it. And on top of its thin form factor, of course, is the fact that it's an OLED TV. That's organic light-emitting diode television, which means it doesn't have a backlight, which is why it's so extraordinarily thin. OLED is a self-illuminating material. And the black levels are incredible. Color is also very is, is dazzling. So it is a all-around excellent experience. And on top of that, the wallpaper TV connects to a Dolby Atmos soundbar. So that soundbar is also where you, you find the, the circuitry of the TV as well. So the inputs and everything, all the guts of the TV are down in that soundbar. So you can connect your other sources at the soundbar, not at the screen itself. The screen is too thin to do that. It's connected to the soundbar with a ribbon cable that is so thin it can stick on the wall. You can put it on the wall and actually paint over it. That's how thin the ribbon cable is. But uh, with, uh, with the price, which I'll mention in a moment, comes installation, delivery and installation. So you're not going to just chuck this in the boot uh, at, the, at the store and mount it yourself. That price is going to include delivery and installation. So you're getting not only an immersive, uh, impressive picture, 
and you're also getting Dolby Atmos soundbar. For those who don't know, Dolby Atmos is a new uh, a, a new surround sound system that gives you sound in not only uh, directions left, right, and rear, it also brings in directions from above you as well. So it's like three-dimensional sound that you're going to be hearing. So great combination, great picture quality, great sound quality as well. That, that's that's one of the, 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 the downsides of, of panel TVs, thin LED TVs, is the speakers in them aren't that good. Uh, and, and oftentimes, many people are, uh, are forced to buy a sound bar to improve the sound quality. Well, no such issue with the LG OLED wallpaper TV. Now, it is, of course, the flagship of the TV range. LG have a number of other OLED TVs. I've outlined all of them on Tech Guide, including pricing. There's also Super UHD TVs, which have the nano cell technology on board, and regular UHD TVs, and then full HD TVs. So there's plenty of choices and also plenty of prices as well, affordable prices. No matter what level you want to enter, there is a TV to suit your budget from LG. Now, with the signature wallpaper OLED, the price is $13,499. Now, this is a 65-inch OLED TV. And that price, I was surprised because it is cheaper than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be $15,000. So for anyone who's surprised at my surprise at that price, the $13,499, you just got to really consider what you're getting here. And if you look over at the other camps, let's take Samsung as the example. They have a 75-inch QLED TV, which isn't a wallpaper-thin OLED TV, doesn't have Dolby Atmos. So it's a 75-inch QLED TV for $15,000. So it's $14,995. So with the, if, if you had this kind of money to spend on a television, you can actually get the OLED wallpaper TV, which would absolutely turn heads and start conversations when people lay their eyes on it. You can get that $1,500 cheaper than Samsung's QLED TV, which is 75 inches. It is 10 inches bigger, but nowhere near as advanced looking as this new wallpaper OLED TV. It's four millimeters when it's mounted. It's amazing. And it's got Dolby Atmos on top of that as well. So that, I think, isn't too bad for what you get. Now, the other TVs, of course, the other OLED TVs in the range are, are well within people's price range. Like the, the 55-inch C7 OLED TV, that's a flat TV, not, not a wallpaper TV, but still an OLED TV, that's $4,099. A couple of years ago, that same TV was $7,000. So the, the LG OLED range really has uh, for pretty good value in, in the regular OLED TV shape, so the regular form factor. But that wallpaper TV is uh, is an aspirational product that is, for for my for my money, uh, is a little cheaper than what I thought it would be. So that, that's good news if you are in if you got that kind of budget to play with. Uh, if you want to check out all of those OLED TV prices uh, and also the Super UHD and UHD to LG TV prices as well, you can find the whole list and also some pictures of those TVs at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, we just got back from Melbourne a few days ago. We uh, we were down there for the Grand Prix, the Australian Formula One Grand Prix, and there are some tech companies actually that use the occasion to launch some new products. The two companies that, uh, that were kind enough to invite us down to Melbourne was Epson 
and also Hisense. We'll start with Epson. Now, they're obviously a very well-known printer company. They also make great projectors as well. Uh, with their printer, they launched, launched the new Workforce Enterprise inkjet printer. And I didn't know until I saw this product that inkjet was actually a an option at this high-end enterprise printer. I thought all those printers were laser printers. But I did find out that laser printers uh, use up a lot more power and also a lot more consumables, things like toner and other parts. you really got to change them out a fair bit. But with the work, Workforce Enterprise, it's an inkjet printer that has a 44-millimeter print head. So you're going to get a lot of ink on, on the paper, 900 million droplets of ink per second, to be precise, from uh, 33,500 nozzles. So you can just imagine the sort of speed this thing gets up to. The speed is, in fact, 100 color copies per minute which is really impressive. They do have another model which can produce 75 color pages per minute as well. Slightly cheaper, but if you want 100 pages per minute, you'll need the top-end model, the WFC 2590. And not only can you, that's a standalone printer, but you can also add extra paper stackers, finishes, and a unit that can actually collate and staple uh, paper together. So if you're uh, the, for a workforce printer, the, the workforce printer is actually uh, could, could save you money in the long term. So maintain productivity. So you, you, the TV printer is going to always be working. Uh, it is a lot cheaper on the consumable. So the, you're not going to be spending as much on toner and things like that. Ink, the inkjet on this is going to last quite a long time. So you are going to see a return on your investment in the form of uh, less costs, less cost lost to loss of productivity, less cost of consumables, uh, and it's just going to run a lot more efficiently and uh, more environmentally friendly as well. It's going to use a lot less power than uh, other printers in this class. So uh, Epson, great job there presenting the Workforce Enterprise printer. They also presented, uh, they do have a product called the Maverio. These are augmented reality glasses, and they did a great experiment there with a drone. They had a Mavic Pro flying indoors, and any, anyone who's flown a drone, the DJI drones in particular, you'll notice that with the controller, you need to attach a screen, your phone or a tablet, so you can see what the drone is seeing. Problem with that is you need to look down to the screen, then back up at the drone, down at the screen and back up at the drone. Law is you have to have line of sight, so you have to have your eyes on the drone. With these Maverio glasses, it actually enabled the user to have the view of whatever's on their smartphone or tablet actually in the glasses. So if you're looking up at the drone, you can actually see what was traditionally what you had to look down at the iPad or, or phone. You can see that in your eye line in the glasses. So you're still looking at the drone and seeing what it can see at the same time, as well as all the settings and all the controls. Really cool stuff. Now, the other company that we uh, that we w was kind enough to invite us down to the Grand Prix was Hisense. Now, this is a TV brand that's really been building momentum over the last couple of years. Last year, they at the Grand Prix as well, they unveiled their new ULED TVs. Now, these are LED TVs that use quantum dot technology as well, produce remarkable picture quality uh, and and great clarity, natural colours, uh, and and yet are much cheaper than its rival brands. Hisense, for a few quarters last year and early this year, have actually were the number one selling TV brand in the country. And uh, the reason for that is because they offer great value, great quality and great value. 
uh, TVs are often thousands of dollars cheaper than similar-sized name brands, well, more well-known name brands, I should say, because Hisense is building up quite a name for itself anyway. Uh, what what they used the the Grand Prix uh, the occasion for was to uh, unveil the Series Eight and Series Nine TVs, which will be arriving in Australia in the middle of the year. They've already had great success with the Series Seven TVs, one of the best reviewed TVs in the country. So if you put this beside a Samsung or a Sony or an LG, and just covered up the brands, you're going to probably compare picture quality. It'll be comparable to what you're seeing on those other major brands. High sense really making a name for itself as being not only quality great picture quality but also great value as well so what it allows you to do is buy a bigger tv so say you're going to pay five thousand dollars for a 55 inch samsung tv you can spend the same money and get a 75 inch TV from Hisense. Now the Series 9, they're going to have those in 75 and 85 inch sizes. The 85 inch Series 9 is $10,999. The Samsung TV, I think they've got an 88 inch model that's $40,000. 75 inch Series 9 from uh, from Hisense is 7999 so $7,999. Down to the Series 8, the 55 inch is $2,999. And they've got a 65-inch in the Series 8 that's $3,999, thousands of dollars cheaper than there's other brands, but still offering the same quality. So really, uh, they're the sort of TVs that you really need to get your eyeballs on. Get down to the store, stand in front of the Hisense TVs, compare them to the other TVs that are there, and you'll be surprised actually at at the high quality that you get in the picture and also that low, low price. If you want to read more about the Epson product, the Workforce Enterprise Printer and the Hisense TVs, check them out, techguide.com.au. Now, we all know that anyone who travels loves to take a laptop, loves to take a tablet on board, not only to do some work, but maybe to to be entertained. Uh, The bad news is that the UK government is following a US directive to ban the use of laptops and tablets in the aircraft cabin on certain flights into the UK. So what this would mean for passengers is that anything above 16 centimetres, and that means we're talking tablets and laptops, those devices have to be checked in with your luggage in the hold. They can't be used in the cabin. So if you're flying in from six Predominantly Muslim countries, we're talking Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, Tunisia and Saudi Arabia. You're going to have to stick the laptop and tablet in with your clothes, in your bag that's going to be checked into the hold. Now, why are they doing this? Well, this is this follows British intelligence that uncovered a potential threat. And it did also uh, follow an attempt by a terror group to bring down a jet using a laptop bomb. There was a, a plane in Somalia that was uh, damaged, a hole punched in the side by a passenger using a laptop computer that actually had explosives on board. Now, what, how we normally travel, for one of the things you do when you travel, when you go through the security checkpoints, you go through the x-ray machine, you have to pull out your laptop to be scanned individually. And that, that to me, would show that there are actually circuits inside, not explosives. So why they can't do these at these, uh, these incoming uh, these countries, I'll, I don't know. 
but the precaution they're taking, you have to think while inconvenient to passengers, it's for their safety. That they don't want the that they want to reduce the potential for risk. And from these countries where they've observed uh, terror groups, terror activity, and they've got intelligence to suggest that they're motivated to do that from these countries, then that's why the bans are in place. There has been other measures in the past where at security checkpoints you were forced to power on your devices. So if you had a phone or a tablet, you actually had to turn it on and show the security that it was actually a device. And I have seen and heard of passengers who had a tablet or a phone that was dead, no battery on board, no battery power on board, completely wasted. They were unable to turn the phone on and as a result had to leave that phone behind. They weren't even allowed to check it into their luggage. So that's another tip for travellers. Make sure you've got a bit of power on board your phone or tablet or laptop just to prove that it is actually an electronic device that will power up. But in the case of this UK ban, uh, it takes effect immediately. So if you are travelling from any of these countries, uh, and it's a pretty short hop, I think, from Saudi Arabia to London, about, oh, I'm not sure, about eight hours maybe. Uh, those other countries maybe even a bit closer, but still. Uh, you have to follow the directive of the airlines. If you do, if it does f- uh, fall into one of those banned flights, then you'll need to put the tablet and laptop in your luggage. Uh, the other downside of that is the potential for damage or theft. And some insur- some insurance companies, travel organisation, have warned that devices uh, that are lost or damaged in the hole may not be covered by a travel insurance. So double check whether that's the case. And in terms of that measurement, 16 centimetres, that basically lets you take your smartphone on board as long as it's not too big. The iPhone 7 Plus only just makes it 15.8 centimetres, that device is. So if you do have a bigger phone than that, not many bigger than that, but it will ha- will may may be too big to to take on board. But these uh, will only affect passengers, as I said, travelling to the UK from those countries that I named. Hopefully, the ban won't be forever. It'll only be for a short time, and it won't spread around the world. But we do already have some pretty stringent security measures from those other countries to ensure this doesn't happen in other places. If you want to read more about that story, that ban, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, credit card details, photos, to hackers and identity thieves? Well, Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app that is good for iOS devices, Android, and also now available for Mac and Windows laptops as well. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Our first review for this for the show is HTC's new U Ultra smartphone. This is a device that's available now. It is a an Android phone 
And HTC have included some features and design elements to help make this stand out from the crowd. First thing that they've included is an interesting design. The back of the device is uh, does have a kind of a liquid-like surface, sort of bends the light a little bit, very shiny. Uh, downside of that is that it really attracts the fingerprints. The, the device I had was the sapphire blue, so a beautiful blue color. People commented on how nice the color was, as a matter of fact. And uh, so that was, that was a nice a nice change to the traditional boring colors you get with some smartphones. It also has a big screen. It's got a 5.7-inch display, but not only one screen, it's actually got two screens. It's got a smaller secondary display that sits above the main screen next to the the camera lens, next to the front-facing camera lens. So you got whatever's happening on the 5.7-inch display won't be interrupted by that secondary display. The secondary one is meant to be like a ticker for all your notifications, shortcuts to apps, shortcuts to your contacts, uh, weather information, calendar information. So you can enjoy your main screen without it being interrupted by all these notifications popping down. So uh, good in theory. Uh, it worked really well. But what it does, it just adds size to the device. You've already got a 5.7-inch screen. So there's a little screen above that. It's got a physical home button on the front as well. And so at the end of the day, you're going to have a big device. If you like, love a big device, HCC Ultra, U Ultra could be the product for you. But uh, the, the, the phone itself uh, is, is really nice to design, really thin. Um, and you're going to find also the camera lens on the back. It actually pr- protrudes a, f- a few, a couple of millimeters. So uh, not flush with the body of the phone. Now, the, the, it's powered by, it's got a quad-core Qualcomm Snapdragon 821 processor on board, 4 gig of RAM, so it can handle itself pretty well. So whether you're watching, uh, playing games, watching videos, switching between apps, uh, it'll do that pretty easily. On the software side, you're running Android 7.0. That's Nougat. And uh, it also has the uh, HTC Sense user interface, so that it's not too cluttered too. It's what I like about it. It's pretty unobtrusive, not too not too bloated, pretty sleek, easy to get around. A new addition though this year is the Sense Companion, which is a, an update to the UI. And what the Sense Companion is designed to do is to get to know you and your habits using artificial intelligence. So it's got it's got your back when if it needs a charge, you need to charge your battery, or if you need to take a battery with you. Uh, a portable battery if, you, if you're going out and it notices you, you've got an appointment and you're not going to be near a PowerPoint. That's pretty good, and it's it's no better than some of the other apps that, that can, can help help you, knows where you are and suggests various things. Uh, that, that's not too bad at all. The Sense Companion uh, is, is no better than, than Google Assistant or Siri. There's all these others that can help you just as well. So uh, no, no better or worse than those other ones. Now, on the audio side, really interesting thing here. It, it is, it's compatible, can support high-res audio. But what I really liked about it was this, its new U-Sonic feature. And what this is is a feature to optimize the audio quality to your ears. So what you do is you put on the included earphones that connect to the device's USB-C port, and it plays a tone in your ears and you can then save that as a profile. And it does actually give you the option of listening to the un, the unoptimized sound compared to the optimized sound. And the difference is really noticeable. It's incredible. The audio quality is excellent. If you love your audio, great, great bass, really nice clarity. Uh, it, it did It did do a good job in giving me the audio experience that suits the way I hear. 
which is really nice. The other downside, though, the bad news is no headphone jack. It won't work. That optimized Usonic sound won't work with Bluetooth headphones, and it won't work with a regular cable headphone because guess what? No headphone jack. So you can't connect a regular pair of earphones anyway. It will only, that, that optimized audio will only work with HTC's uh, earphones that connect to the USB-C port, which are the good earphones, sound great, but you're stuck with those if you want to hear that op- optimize, uh, the optimized audio quality. Camera-wise, you've got a 12-megapixel camera that takes pretty snappy pictures, really nice color, great uh, in good light. Obviously, it's going to do really well. Low light, it's, it's, going to, it's going to take a little bit of a hit, but the clarity is still pretty good. But if you're a selfie fan, you'll be pleased to know that the front camera has actually got a higher resolution than the rear camera. Front camera is a 16-megapixel and takes really nice selfies. Uh, it's got a nice wide angle on it too, so you can fit a few people. In my case, check out my review. I actually fit in my dog, one of my Dalmatians, Logan. I, we had a lovely little selfie using the U Ultras selfie camera. Now, the price of this thing, it is it is $1,199, which really puts it up there with the Samsungs and Apples of the world. And frankly, I think if someone had 1200 bucks to spend on a phone and they had a choice between an iPhone and the HCC U Ultra, I think more people is going to go for the iPhone. I think HCC may have done a bit better if this was priced under a thousand bucks. Maybe make it a super mid-tier phone. It would have had a lot more interest from customers. Uh, but I just want to go back one step too and talk about the battery. Battery's three thousand milliamp hour battery, and the it got us through the day really easily. But for a big device, it really needed a bigger battery. Uh, I've seen smaller devices with similar capacity batteries that uh, last nearly two days, but you've got a bigger device like this. You're powering not one screen, but two screens, uh, as well as all the other bells and whistles. And it, while it smashed through a day, not a problem. It could have done a lot better with a slightly bigger battery to suit its larger screen. Uh, so the, the pricing I've mentioned, eleven ninety nine is the price for the U Ultra. Uh, you can only get it through Vodafone on a plan. You want it? You can buy it outright through H uh, Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi. Uh, they do actually have a smaller device, the U Play. If you don't want to pay as much, seven nine nine doesn't have quite the features that the U Ultra has, but most of them, and it's cheaper and also smaller at seven hundred and ninety nine bucks if that's what you're after. But if you want to check out our complete review, you know where to find it: techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, dash cams are a really popular product on the road nowadays, and there are no shortage of devices you can buy. But the latest that we've seen are from Garmin, the Garmin Dash Cam 45 and Dash Cam 55. These offer high-quality recordings, so you can capture any on-road incidents. And not only that, it's also got some nice, handy driver safety features on top of that as well. So how they work... As, as with other dash cams, they're constantly recording. And if there's any, uh, uh, any kind of uh, auto, incident detected, so any sudden movement, sudden braking uh, through its G sensor, it can sense that. It will automatically save that recorded footage and timestamp it and also give it a location. So if there is something that you need, uh, your side of the story is protected with the dash cam. It may be an incident where uh, there's a dispute on who hit who and what happened. You got it all on film with the dash cam 45 and dash cam 55. The footage through the dash cam 55, you can capture it up to 440 
1080p, so that's that's higher than high definition. There's also 1080p capture, 720p through its 3.7 megapixel camera. The dash cam 45 can still record in full HD as well as 720p as well as well through its 2.1 megapixel camera. Now, what I like about these products is that they're small. They mount really easily on the windscreen, so the camera faces outwards, of course. There's a 2-inch LCD screen that faces you. Uh, there's also voice control, so you can actually tell the device to take a picture, shoot a video, save it to the memory card in case something happens. So you don't have to actually take your hands off the wheel. You can say to it, uh, Garmin, save photo. Garmin, save video. There might be something that happened in front of you. It might not have been an incident, but something happened down the street you want to record. You can just tell it to keep that video footage. Now, I did mention there were some safety features here. The dash cams also have lane departure warnings. So uh, if you drive out of your lane, it'll give you a warning. Uh, also, if there's something that stops suddenly in front of you, you get the forward collision alerts as well. It also gives a driver a little uh, a warning. It warns the drivers when they're approaching fixed speed cameras and red light cameras, which is handy, can save you some money there. There's also a go alert. Now, one sign of, uh, of, if you, of a fatigued driver is their is them not noticing that the traffic has pulled ahead of them at a, at a traffic light. They may be tired, the traffic moves away at the red light, at the, tra- at the green light, and you're stuck at the lights. You get a toot from people behind you telling you to wake up and get moving. Well, the Garmin can actually do that for you. If it's noticed the cars moving ahead have moved off from the, from the lights, then you get a little alert to say, listen, uh, time to move as well. There's also a parking mode with these cameras too. A cable to uh, use this feature needs can be purchased separately. So it can record movements and incidents around your parked vehicle. So imagine you're in a supermarket, someone's backed into your car, driven away. You've got that on video and, and with resolution high enough to read a number plate and do something about it. Really handy feature. There's also built-in Wi-Fi. So rather than having to get the SD card to a computer to download the footage, you can actually wirelessly transfer a video, a picture from the device to your phone or your tablet in case you need to email that straight away to police, uh, friends or an insurance company. The Dashcam 45, Dashcam 55 are available now, and they're priced at $199 for the Dashcam 45 and $249 for the Dashcam 55. If you want to check them out, take a closer look, you can find them at techguide.com.au. Now, if there's anyone who runs a small business or maybe is a, a trade, uh, tradie, tradesman, tradeswoman, tradesperson, then uh, you may be interested in this product. It's the Square Tap and Go Payment Solution. There are actually two products. So one thing that we all want to do when we're in a business of our own or a, a tradie, you want to get paid. And if you can use these Square products to do just that. Now, there are two devices. There are two payment devices. The first is a contactless chip reader. So even though it's pretty small, it connects to your phone wirelessly to the app on your phone via Bluetooth. So the Square app is where you enter the price, and then the customer then puts their their phone. So if they've got Apple Pay, Android Pay, Samsung Pay, they can pay with their phone or a chip card, so a tap-and-go card. That will then... Put, be processed through the reader to your phone and then deposited into your bank the next day. Uh, if you're a tradie and you want something a bit smaller, 
there is a, another card reader, smaller, that fits into your headphone jack on your smartphone. So if your smartphone's still got a headphone jack, and that rules out the iPhone 7 and the HTC U Ultra, if you do still have a headphone jack on your phone, this smaller chip reader can either read the chip at the front of the card, or you can slide the magnetic strip through it and uh, and have your make your payment. Now, Square charges 1.9% per transaction. They accept all major credit card, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express uh, without any other added fees. And they also, as I mentioned earlier, include uh, you can accept Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Android Pay as well. The devices themselves, $59 is for the contactless chip reader, and the smaller chip reader is 19 bucks, the one that fits into your headphone jack on your phone. So well worth it if you do want to get paid on the spot. With uh, If you've completed a job, you're a trader, you may have a market stall, you may have a small business, then these Square devices are definitely for you. There are also other software tools you can include. Uh, you can even send invoices for free and be charged 2.5% for any payment you receive from that invoice. There's even ways for you to track your inventory. So as you're selling your, your products, you do get a notification when you're running low on supply so you can reorder. So a really handy solution all around is the Square solution. If you want to see those tap-and-go payment products, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the house. Orbi reaches up to 300 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speeds you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi. Better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. We've got a couple of topics for the Tech Guide Help Desk. I'll get the first one out the way, which is watching Foxtel. One reader was under the impression that the Foxtel Go app, which is uh, can be viewed on your phone or tablet, were you, you were able to share that to your television using Apple Play or a cable. Well, uh, Air, AirPlay, I should say. Uh, well, the bad news is you can't. He was told at a store, you need cables, you need this, you need Apple uh, Apple TV and all these sorts of things. He spent hundreds of dollars. The bad news is you can't do it. You cannot stream Foxtel Go to your TV using AirPlay. You cannot connect a cable to the TV to watch it either. You need a Foxtel set-top box or Foxtel Play account on your smart TV to watch Foxtel on your TV. If everyone could just use Foxtel Go, no one would buy Foxtel. So uh, I'm sorry, you need to get your money back for all that stuff you bought thinking you'll be able to stream Foxtel Go 
to your television. Moving on, saving data is a really important thing, especially when there was news come through that we're constantly breaking our mobile plans. We're bill shock out the window. It's bill shock everywhere. There's some people who are $200 over their normal bill. And the the reason we're doing that is because we're using too much data. There was some interesting research done the other day that found that one in four have experienced mobile bill shock. We're talking hundreds of dollars over your your plan. Your mobile plan is the minimum you're going to pay, not the maximum you're going to pay. And what gets us in trouble is that we're using too much data. All those social networks, all those things you want to stream, well, there are ways you can still enjoy that content but not use your cellular data. I've got five tips and I'm going to go through them right now. Number one, use Wi-Fi when you can. Why use 4G when there's Wi-Fi at shopping centers, restaurants, cafes, hotels, or at the airport? Use their use their Wi-Fi to download your data. You can also monitor your data usage. So know how much data you're using. Set up alerts. Download apps from your respective carriers so you know how much data you're going through. Number three, don't let your apps run in the background. A lot of apps are still going even though they're not on your screen. They're updating in the background. They're using all this data that, you're not, that you don't even know about. Close down the apps to save the data. Double-click on the Home button if you're an iPhone user and swipe them up and close them down. If you're an Android user, tap on one of the buttons next to the Home button and that will close all the apps that are running at the same time. A really good way to reduce the amount of data that you're using when by apps running in the background. Speaking of apps, number four, disable automatic app updates. One one thing we all have is a lot of apps, and they all need updating. Some some use a lot of they need a lot of data to update, and a lot of us make the mistake of having automatic app updates. So these apps are updating by themselves, even if you're out and about on your four G network, it's sucking down your data. Best thing to do, turn off the automatic app updates feature and update when you're on Wi-Fi, when you're home or at work. Use their Wi-Fi, use their data instead of your own 4G data. And lastly, this is to do with Facebook. Now, you've seen anyone who uses Facebook a fair bit will notice this, that Facebook has a lot of video in its feed now. Every second thing on my phone and I'm looking at or on my browser is video. Now, on your phone... Uh, what you'll see is that there's that a video, as it scrolls past your newsfeed, in your newsfeed, the video will play automatically. That's called autoplay. And every time it does that, it's using your precious data. So what you need to do is go into the settings and turn off autoplay on Facebook videos. So that way you choose the videos you want to watch. Rather than watching a bit of every video that comes past, only watch only play the videos you want. So turn off that autoplay on the Facebook videos. You want to read more about those tips, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about at techguide.com.au. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special mention to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also a shout-out to Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We're joining you from New York next week. We'll be at the Samsung Galaxy S8 launch, so we look forward to you joining us again then. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected. (laughs) 